morning, everybody. How are you? Great day outside. It's not even going to rain today, which is great. I'm glad you're here. My name is Eric. I'm the Morris Campus Pastor, and I'm excited to be here with you and for what God has uh, already been doing this weekend just through our gathering and for you to be a part of it. And uh, we're going to continue this series that we started. We're kind of going through the book of Acts, and uh, we're calling it Mission. And we're talking about how uh, Jesus started his church left them to do it, gave them this great mission. Um, but it didn't end with the book of Acts or even the New Testament. It continues until Jesus comes back. And, he, and God wants you and me and us together to be a part of it. And so uh, it's been a great series. And we had the baptisms last weekend and uh, just really, really great stuff. So uh, I get to represent the brand new church uh, swag, I guess. And so uh, if, if you want this shirt, um, I had to wash Pastor Errol's car to get this. But... Um, <laughs> You can get your own uh, at the little boutique over here. There's t-shirts and cups and stuff. So uh, we're just trying to accept donations to try to get our costs back on those. So if you want to, you know, represent us at work or all week or whatever, you, you can do that too. So, and then we got one more thing we're going to give you on your way out. But uh, I wanted to ask you this question. Do you know somebody, maybe in your like circle of friends or even in your family, um, who's just a little too bold? You know, and it's like, hey, they're kind of fun, and I like them and all, but once in a while, they just kind of, they go too far. They talk too loud. They ask that question. They embarrass me. I get uncomfortable because of their boldness. Do you, you, can you think of that person in your life? If you can't think of that person, then your friends and family are thinking of you, okay? <laughs> That's me in my group of friends and in my family. I, uh, I'm a little ashamed to admit it, but I will own it. I, I you know, I've had friends say, man, I... You're fun to hang out with, but sometimes you just make me uncomfortable, especially my wife, especially when we are dating, you know. Uh, she's like, I had to really consider some of the things that you say and the, and the way you stick your foot in your mouth. And, you know, like, I was embarrassed on half of our dates with you, you know. And so, um, but there's certain things that you're just, I don't know what you're passionate about, right. There's certain things that you just, I must take a stand for this, right. For me, it's uh, washing your hands well after using the bathroom, okay. This is just like, you know, we got sinks and soap, people, let's use them. And so, uh, I, ladies, I don't know what your bathrooms are like. I just assume that every, every girl coming out of that place is, is scrubbed well on their way out. But uh, unfortunately, that's not always the case in, in men's restrooms, you know. And so I'll be like washing my hands in the sink like a good person. And um, in the mirror, see some dude just walk out of the stall and beeline straight to the door. And I'm like, you know, I got to touch that doorknob after you. Please you know, you might have just shaken that person's hand. Who knows? You know, I feel like I must say something right now for the sake of society, right? And with kids, it's easy. You know, if, you're in a, like, if I'm in the bathroom and I see some kid and he's like walking out, I, I, I figure his mom told him to wash anyway. She just can't be in there. So I'll, I'll be like, hey, dude, you forgot to wash your hands. You know, and what's he going to say to an adult? So he has to go wash his hands. <laughs> But I've had some heated discussions with other adults, you know. But, like, if I'm at a restaurant or, like, a, a place where I'm shopping and you see someone, like, in uniform, usually I'll just, like, walk over and tap the sign on the wall that says employees must wash their hands. You know, like, I'm just I'm helping you out. I don't want you to get in trouble here, you know. And I've had people, like, push back and argue with me. And, uh, but I feel like I must, somebody must stand for this social injustice. And so... One time there was this old, uh, we went, I went to another pastor friend of mine, we were at a conference, and in the bathroom, like, this older, like, old dude came out, and, um, you know, 
he just kind of comes out of the stall and looked at his hair, and then he was not going to wash. And I felt like, I got I to gotta help this, this old man out. And so uh, we had this, you know, friendly discussion about it. And my, my pastor friend was like, I can't believe you said that to that guy. I was so uncomfortable in that moment. You know, you're a little too bold. You know, I appreciate your passion and all. But today we're talking about boldness. And um, a lot of times boldness gets a bad rap. And sometimes it can go too far. But um, as a Christian, if you're, if you're a Christian here today, if you have a relationship with Jesus, we're going to see that he's calling us to live, act, and pray boldly. And we're going to learn this from looking at the early church, okay? So we're going to pick up kind of the story that we started last week. If you've got a Bible or like a phone that has a Bible, you know, on it, open up to the book of Acts chapter 4. And we're going to pick up right where we left off. So last week, uh, Pastor Aaron was teaching, and we were looking at this story. where It's, uh, you know, the beginning of Jesus' church. Peter and John, two of the leaders of this church, they're on their way to the temple, and they walk by a lame dude. Uh, he wasn't uncool. He just couldn't walk. And so... Uh, he was born this way, he's like 40-some years old, and uh, he's like, he begs for money because he can't work, and, and he's like, hey, you guys got money? And they're like, no, like, we're apostles, we don't even have like a real job anymore, you know, we gave up our, we, we left the boat and all to follow Jesus, so uh, I'll tell you what I can do. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And the guy hops up for the first time in his life, and he's dancing around, and, it's, and, and all these people see it, because it's at the gate of the city, and they're like, holy cow, we, we've seen that guy beg for years. We know that he couldn't walk, and now he can, and so this crowd forms, there's all this commotion. Peter starts preaching to the people, and he's like, hey, it's not because I'm so great. It's all about Jesus, and you need Jesus, and he starts preaching, and over 2,000 people become Christians that day. It's this amazing scene until the leaders, the religious leaders, the Jewish leaders of the day, they come, and they arrest Peter and John, and they throw them in prison, and uh, the next day they go on trial. This is the story we were looking at yesterday, and we're going to pick up where we left off, okay? Um, here's where we left off. In verse 18, it says this. They brought, you know, Peter and John in the next day for trial. And it says, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. I'm like, listen, you guys got to knock this off. You got to keep your mouth shut. This is over. You got to stop. And um, we looked at this verse in verse 19. Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to listen to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And then it's really easy to miss this verse, but it's really interesting. The next verse, 21, says this. After further threats, they let them go. Now put yourself in Peter and John's shoes, right? Sometimes uh, I'm not good at putting the whole Bible, the whole story together. But, um, like, we know that Jesus was around and he lived and people, like, didn't like him and he was killed and all. And then you got the apostles and they're running it. This is literally, they're on trial before the same people that arrested and killed Jesus. This has been about two months, right? Like if this is us today, like at the end of the summer, we saw Jesus die. And it was because of these men. And now for basically the same kinds of things, they've arrested you and you're on trial. Some of their Christian friends are probably wondering if they were ever going to come back. Peter and John might have been scared out of their minds. Because this is like, we know that these people are capable of doing bad things against the whole cause of Jesus. And as we boldly take a stand, it's getting really uncomfortable and it's getting really scary. So I want to pick up right there where we left off in verse 23, okay? Acts 4, verse 23. It says this, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. 
So as soon as they, you know, they, they arrested, they have to stay in jail overnight until they can go on trial the next day. All the believers are like probably together praying for them because they're scared of what might happen and how this is going to go. And as soon as they get released, they don't go home and shower or anything. They still smell like jail. And they run back to where all the believers are gathered. And they're like, guys, we've got to tell you what happened. And so they tell them the whole story about how, you know, we, Jesus healed this guy through us. It was amazing. And Peter was preaching and people became saved. Then we got arrested. We spent the night in jail. And they came and they brought us in and they like, they yelled at us and they threatened us. And, and I don't know what the threats were. I picture like, like a mafia crime boss. You know, like, I know where you live and I know where your kids go to school. Like, I don't know. But it says they threatened them. Like, they weren't just like, shame on you. Like, they, and these are scary people that are threatening you. And so they're like, guys, this is going to be really bad if we keep talking about Jesus. Like, it's getting worse and worse. It's getting more and more uncomfortable and scary. And look what they do. Verse 24. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Now, when I read this the first time, I go right past this verse. Because, like, they're, they're Christians. They're supposed to pray. But what a simple, simple thing, but such an appropriate response. And what we can learn from this is when you're scared, you should pray. When you're confused, go ahead and pray. When you run up against, you know, uh, the evil one trying to stop you and what God's called you to do, you definitely need to pray. When you realize that you're up against something bigger than yourself, take a moment and give that over to God. What a, a really appropriate response that they see uh, when they feel threatened, when they're up against it, they stop and they pray. But what's really cool is we get to see what they prayed. We get to see how they prayed. Well, the next few verses are like, Maybe the first ever recorded prayer from the early church. Luke's writing it down, what they pray. And we get to see how they prayed. Here's what they say. What we're going to learn is this. The Acts church trusted God. We're going we're to see what they prayed and how they prayed. And you're going to realize their faith in who God is and what he's capable of, their trust in God is so huge, so foundational. And we see this in their prayer. Verse 24 says this, They raised their voices together in prayer to God, and they said, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And I'm just thinking, if I'm like scared for my friends' life and worried about how this whole thing is going to do that we just signed on to, um, I'm going to pray. I'm like, God, help us. Please show up. Like, I'm just going to come with uh, all my wants and all my desires and all my needs. But before they get to that, and they do have prayer requests, they stop and they declare how great God is. This is how they start their prayer. Sovereign Lord. That word sovereign means totally in control, all-powerful, God-like. You're like, he is sovereign. And they just they declare praises about God, and it reminds their own heart that he is still God. He is sovereign Lord. And they talk about how he's the creator of everything. You made everything we see, the heavens and the earth and everything in them. Like, we're, look who we're talking to. And they declare God's greatness. Someone uh, taught me a long time ago that this is all prayer really is. Prayer is simply telling, great, telling God how great he is and then telling him how much you need him. And if that's all you ever pray, you'll be in really good shape. Because one, it's good to praise God. But it reminds your heart and your mind of who God is. And so before they get on to their, their crazy story and their big time needs, they pause and they say, Sovereign Lord, creator of everything, this is who you are. And then the next part of their prayer, we're going to see that they realize that this whole battle is really God's battle. It's not even theirs to fight. It's, it's God and his church and his spirit. And so they're going to quote verses from Psalms that they had as part of their scripture from King David. They're going to apply it. They're going to say that was actually prophetic speaking about what we're going through. And look what they say. Verse 25. 
You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. And they quote in Psalms. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord, against <clears throat> his anointed one. And then they say this, what David might not even have known what he was saying when he said it, but we're going we're gonna to realize it was pro prophecy about what we saw happen with Jesus. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. But verse 28, this is really cool. What they did, or they did, what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So they start their prayer by saying, Sovereign Lord, King of everything, creator of the universe, who made everything, you are God, you are in control. And here's what's happening, but you knew it was going to happen. You said it was going to happen. It's really your fight that we're a part of. And they only are able to do what you allow them to do. You, you said it would happen. You've allowed it to happen by your power and by your will. And they just stop before they pray. And they realize who they're talking to. Let me encourage you as you pray. Whether you're praying because you're scared for your life or you're praying because it's a meal or whatever. Would you take a second and think about who you're talking to when you get to pray? The cool thing is, in the Old Testament, we had to like, go through priests and everything else. We didn't have this direct access to God. But Jesus changed all that. And the temple curtain was torn in two. And we have direct access to God. So you can pray while you're driving any time of the day, which is really awesome. But because of that, sometimes we don't realize the bigness of who we're talking to. And would you pause just for a moment before you pray and think about who you're talking to. And before you get to what you want, what you think you need, say, I just want to realize that you're totally God, you're totally in control. No matter what I'm seeing or feeling or going through, you are the creator who is still God. You are sovereign Lord. This is how they started their prayer. When you pray like that, it changes your heart. It changes what you would actually ask for afterwards because you've started to set your heart at peace by realizing who you're talking, God, who you're talking to. And then the next verses, we get to see what they ask for. So they do, just like we have, just like I pray. I got all these prayer requests and all these things I want from God, right? And here's what they pray for. But what they pray for is crazy. It doesn't make sense. It's not what you would expect them to ask for. Verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. The Acts Church prays for boldness. What a crazy prayer. If I'm there, if I'm leading their prayer, I would pray for protection, right? God, please save us. Please protect us. Make us invisible when they walk by. You know, like do, do some magic stuff or something. Like we need you. Uh, or I would probably pray like strike all those leaders dead and get us somebody else. You know, impeach them. Like whatever. Like I would, I would be praying for protection, for safety. I'd be praying, you know, that they would fall over because they're so wicked and all this stuff. And, and they don't ask for an easier mission. They ask for boldness. And this is really cool because our human tendency is when, when we feel intimidated, when we feel uncomfortable, when we feel scared, we shy away. We pull back. We become timid. And as Christians, when we feel like people might think differently of us or we might not get the promotion or we'll be less popular at school and we start to feel even these little pressures, we start to shrink back in our faith. And what we learn from the early church is the more uncomfortable and scared you feel, the more you need to realize that you need to step up 
in boldness for the name of Jesus. In the way you live your life, the way you speak, even in the way you pray. This is not what I would pray. <laughs> this is not what I expect them to pray. This is crazy, especially because boldness is their problem to begin with. Boldness is what got them in trouble. If Peter wasn't so bold, and every time he preaches, he's like, and you guys crucified him anyways. Like, if he would just tone it down a little bit, they might not get arrested. In fact, they called him in and they said, if you guys would just shut up, you won't be in trouble anymore. Like, we'll be fine if you just stop talking about it. Boldness is their biggest problem. And what they ask for is make us more bold. Give us boldness. Think of it this way. They don't ask God to save them. They ask God to strengthen them. That's not how I would pray. I would ask God to save me and protect me and give me a hedge of protection or, you know, whatever we pray, you know. And they ask God to strengthen them to continue the mission that he's called them to. And if it takes, you know, more courage and more boldness, then give it to us so we can accomplish and be who you've called us to be. My question is this. When was the last time that you prayed for boldness? If you're like me, I pray for protection and blessing and comfort way more than I pray for boldness. But what I see from the Acts church, who God used in really big ways, was they didn't pray very much for, please save me, please protect us, please bless us. They said, please use us, please fill us, please make us more bold, please help us to be able to do what you've called us to do, even if our lives are on the line. The whole reason the Acts church, I think, was able to survive was because of their boldness. It's really nothing short of a miracle that the Acts church even made it out of the first century because they become uh, persecuted and arrested and some, uh, some of these leaders are killed for their faith in talking about Jesus and they're scattered and it's amazing that it lasted to their kids and their grandkids. But think about it. The, early, the Acts church not only survived but has grown from the first century all the way through the 21st century so that you and I are here today and it's because of their boldness. And because they prayed for boldness, this is how we need to pray. We need to learn this from them because we start to think, well, what if, what if he thinks less of me? What if they think I'm that kind of Christian? You know, like well, all the things that run through our head and they make us shrink back and we realize we need to be bold for the name of Jesus. Now, I don't mean like in your face, abrasive, rude, you know, like Christian jerks. That's not it, right? But like, what I mean is that we would speak up for truth. That we would stand for who Jesus is. That we would declare it with rock-solid trust in God like the Acts Church. Because when we do that, the Holy Spirit will show up and do awesome things. But sometimes we just wait to feel brave. To be inspired. And it doesn't happen. You know, I've talked to my kids about how do you become more brave, right? Like my kids, we've had conversations about, I wish I was more brave like, like he is or like she is. And, you know, I've got twin boys. One of them is like... Uh, Front seat of every roller coaster, you know, hit me with the biggest, scariest roller coasters. The other one stands in line and then wimps out, right? And we're always telling him, like, oh, it was, I know it's scary, but it's really fun. It's totally worth it. You got to get on the ride. And, and he kind of wants to, and then he kind of regrets it. But he, and I say, hey, the only way to become brave is to start doing brave things. If you wait till all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you're just this great hero of bravery, it's not going to happen. But if you start to, like, push through a little bit of fear— and act more bravely, you'll become more of a brave person. It happens kind of like a lot of other things through practice and repetition. And I think in, as far as boldness for the name of Jesus, a lot of it is the same. That if you're a Christian who says, I'm going to wait until I just feel like really comfortable speaking out about Jesus. 
that I just feel totally inspired and full of faith and really brave and bold. Like, you might wait for a long time because these guys didn't always feel totally full of faith and brave, but they pushed fear through their fear. They asked God to give them b- the boldness to do it because when we step up and live boldly for the name of Jesus, he can do amazing things. Sometimes being bold is as simple as saying something when other people might not say anything, right? Sometimes the easiest thing to do is just, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna address that. I'm not gonna talk to her about that. I'm not gonna, you know, mention, I'm not gonna correct him or, you know, whatever. Like, uh, I'm not gonna invite her. I'm just gonna let it, you know. We, it, it, sometimes the boldest thing to do is so simple. You just say something when somebody else might say nothing. Uh, it, it just a minute ago, Eric became a member. Last weekend, he was part of our baptism. The baptisms were awesome. Uh, if you were here, uh, hopefully you didn't miss out on it. We made a video of all the people who were getting baptized so they could share a little bit of their story with us. And it was so encouraging to hear, you know, uh, what God has brought them through and the faith that God has given them and the freedom and the forgiveness that they found through Jesus. And um, I think just as encouraging was uh, that night. Sunday night is, is uh, where my wife and I are part of a small group. And we happened to be in small group with this couple, Dave and Joey Martinez. And they were saying, man, when Eric was sharing his story and he mentioned that we were, like, one of the reasons he's here, we were surprised. We had no idea that, like, we played a big part in his role. Uh, it was just such a cool story. So I begged them to make a video so that you guys could hear the, kind of the, the back end of this story. So check it out. Last weekend, there was baptism, and our friend Eric was baptized, and we were so encouraged by that and just really excited for him and his bold step forward. And um, in that video that he shared his testimony, he had made a comment that because of my husband David and I and our encouragement to his daughter, that was a big reason why he was there That's and getting baptized. My daughter started coming to MBC thanks to the personal guidance and ministry of Joey and David Martinez. I was sitting there and when I heard that, I was kind of in awe of how the Lord uses his whole, the spirit and uses everything to orchestrate a situation you didn't even know what was going on. His daughter, Stephanie, is a babysitter of ours or was a babysitter of ours and she came into our life about a year and a half ago. And I just felt really like she needed to have Jesus in her life. I said, why don't you just come to church with us on Sunday? And so she did, and we ended up buying her a Bible, and she started coming with us regularly. Before long, she was asking me to attend with her as well. Well, in that, she had shared that her dad started going to divorce care. And um, in my understanding, that was a big reason and a big um, way that Eric got acclimated with the church and started going to the church and he started coming to church on Sundays with us and meeting us there I mean and um, it was just really super cool to see him there every week but I when he said because of our encouragement to his daughter that brought him there I just thought that was super cool how the spirit worked because literally he wasn't on our minds at all she was and um, in that he got saved and going forward, you know, she's making, she's in the military now, she's doing awesome, and um, and going to church there, and her husband's going to church in, in Europe, and um, just seeing how the Lord is working in that family, but really, no one else was really the focus but her, but the Lord used it so much bigger, and so, um, just wanted to share that, and I hope that's encouraging to everybody. Isn't that a cool story? Yeah, it's awesome. And they were basically saying, like, 
We just invited his daughter to church. And now she's a Christian, her husband's a Christian, her dad's a, like, God is doing so much more than we even hoped would happen. And a little step of boldness to just in, extend an invitation, to just say something, maybe when it would be easier to say nothing, can go a long way when God gets behind it. Uh, so the Acts church prayed for boldness. Let's finish uh, the rest of this prayer that we get to see. Uh, after they asked God to fill them with boldness, in verse 30 they say this, Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now again, they're asking God to do more of exactly what got them in trouble in the first place, right? Like if, if this, this crippled guy wouldn't have been healed, the crowd wouldn't have gathered, and Peter wouldn't have preached, and they wouldn't have been arrested, and you would expect them to be like, hey God, can you just keep the miracles to a bare minimum, you know? And instead they're like, would you do more and more amazing things so that more and more people would see? What's really cool is this prayer lines up with Jesus' heart. If you look through the Gospels, miracles were never meant for the saved people. Miracles were done for the people who were watching would believe in Jesus and become saved. And they don't say, God, would you do some really cool things in our church? We just want to believe more. They say, will you do some really crazy things in our community so that people will see that you are the one true God and come to find the freedom and the forgiveness that only comes through Jesus? And they're like, don't shy away. Don't stop. Do amazing things. Draw attention to yourself. Show your godness. And, and it's just it's a crazy, cool prayer. And um, they pray this big, God-honoring prayer. Give us boldness and do more miracles amongst people that they would see that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And look what happens in verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. God gives them exactly what they asked for. Please give us, you know, enable us to have boldness. And it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they left literally ready to take on the world, to proclaim the name of Jesus with great boldness. He honors their prayer. And I don't know what it means that the place was shaken. I don't know if like the whole town felt this earthquake, or if it was like a little mini earthquake just in the room, you know. But Luke like made a point to write it down. He's like, you should have been there. The whole place was shaking. God showed up in power, and when we left, we had more boldness than we started with, and God did not stop using us. And this is my prayer for us today, that as we leave, we will be inspired with boldness that comes from the Holy Spirit to take his mission to everybody we know, everywhere we go. And that we would say, we don't want to just be a church that loves God and knows we're going to heaven and keeps it to ourselves. Give us the boldness to live and speak in such a way that people would find out who you are and come to have faith in you and eternal life. This is what we want to be a part of. And they go, and God honors their prayer. This is what God wants for you. Not just to live nicely and talk nicely, but he wants to use you in a way that through your life, he could save more souls. That somebody would be in heaven and they would say, like in the video of the baptisms, it's because of your influence. It's because of your invitation, because of your words, because of your act of service. But whatever it is that God would inspire you with the boldness to live for him in a way that people would notice and come to find faith in him. This is what God wants to involve us with in his mission. Let's pray for boldness. Now, as I challenge you guys to pray, I'm going to take it one step farther. We are starting what we're calling a prayer campaign, okay? So for the next four weeks, uh, we're going to do this, we're, we're just calling it hashtag Morris Mission, okay? And um, 
Here at our church, we're involved with a lot of different ministries and a lot of cool things where God's working through kids and adults. Um, but we're getting ready and we're planning on starting a brand new church, okay? And we're, uh, we're looking for people. So if you're interested in helping make that happen, we'd love that. But whether you live in Morris, you want to go to church in Morris, or you hope you never go to Morris again for the rest of your life, we want you to pray for us, okay? And so for the next four weeks, we're tra- I want every single person who's a part of our church to pray every single day for this mission. Here's the idea. Uh, for four weeks, we want to just unite our whole church in prayer, that we'd be closer to each other, we'd be closer to God, and that he would hear our prayers. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the abundance of prayer. So I'm asking you to pray for this church, for each other, and for this uh, whole idea of starting a new church that we feel like God's called us to. We want to pray boldly and persistently that we would just keep knocking on God's door, that he would hear our prayers. Uh, we want to really connect our hearts to his plan. That it wouldn't be about what we want or what we think, that he would guide us every step of the way and that he would use us in powerful ways. There's a couple of ways that we want to get you guys plugged in with this, okay? And um, the first, I'd love for you to join our text. We just started this. This is new today. So uh, if you want, I'd love you to take out your phone right now. And uh, really, if you're like, hey, I would love to pray for you, then I want to send you one text for the next four weeks each weekday, okay? We're not going to blow up your phone too much, but and after four weeks, we'll stop bothering you. After four weeks, if you would keep praying, that would be awesome, but we'll stop texting you, okay? So if you want to, you can totally subscribe. You just put in this number, 94090, and this, this word, Mission Morris, okay? It can be cap, capitalized and doesn't, doesn't matter, but Mission Morris. And it'll respond back to you right away and just say thank you for, for following us. But what we'll do is then, uh, starting tomorrow, you'll get one text each weekday, it's just to, to remind you, like, hey, remember you said you wanted to pray for us? And it'll be a specific prayer request. So uh, if you're like, if you need the visual, here's what it looks like on your phone. You just put that number in the two spot, this word in the send spot, and you send that and you'll be in. And then tomorrow you'll get, you'll get your first text from us. But we're just thinking, how do we remind, we've got over a thousand people that come to this church regularly that we want to empower to unite together in prayer for four weeks of really going after God's uh, hand and guidance so that he could empower us with the boldness to do what he wants us to do, specifically for, for uh, starting a church in Morris. So uh, if you want to subscribe to our text, that would be awesome. You can also go online, missionbible.church, and um, you can download this. This is an image that we made that you can download and put on your phone, like for the lock screen. You don't have to do this, but if you're like, hey, I look at my phone several times a day, and when before it turns on, it's just a little reminder that you could be like, oh, I'm going to say a 10-second prayer, right? Just, we're just trying to think of ways to, to help. Because if you're like me, you know, someone will tell me something. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to pray for you. And then like eight seconds later, I forgot and I'm distracted, right? And so I, I need reminders in my life. So here's, you can download that from our website. You can also sign up for prayer texts like we just did. You can do that online. So if you change your mind and you actually want to get those texts, or like if you're your friend or nephew or somebody's not here, you can send them to the website and they can get logged in. Uh, and then you'll be able to see we're going to post prayer requests so that you can be praying for us. And the last thing that I want to give you on your way out is what we call a shower buddy, okay? And if you've been at uh, this church for a while, you might have been a part of one of these. I'd never heard of this. This was Pastor Errol's invention. But uh, what we've got, we want to hand out suction cups and cards. These cards are two-sided. So this is week one. The other side is for next week, week two. And so for four weeks, we're going to have like a topic, and we want to go after one topic, and then we'll have specific prayer requests that we blast out to you. And so this week, we're praying for location, location, location. We've had a team of people who live or work in and around Morris that have been helping us try to like find the right place to actually host a church. And we've had some good conversations, but we are really hoping that God would like just speak clearly and, and, and guide us to the right conversations and the right place to really, you know, we want to get 
his best plans for us and make that happen. I would love for you to pray for that, okay? And then next week we'll pray for something different, and we'll text you some specific reminders and prayer requests if you're interested. But um, the shower buddy is something that's got a hole in the top, so you can take it and suction cup it to your shower. Because we figure most people shower most days, and what else are you going to do? you got like 10 minutes to kill. You can pray for us like while you're shampooing your hair or something, okay? So... It'll stick other places. So if you don't want it in your shower, that's okay. You can put it, students, you can put it in your locker at school. So every time you open your locker, there's just a little reminder. And you can, you know, just shout up a 10-second prayer, praying for this church, praying for your heart in it, praying for the people of this church. And we want to be united. You can hang it on your fridge, in your car, wherever you want to hang it. But um, we hung these all over the doors as you leave. There's some in baskets. So please take one. Don't feel bad taking it off the door. Take the suction cup with it so you can hang it up just Take it with you, okay? And then uh, this is week one, and we'll be praying all week together. Please join us in praying for Mission Morris. Um, I want to show you one last verse, and I just think this is so encouraging to me. In, in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16, he says this, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, a lot of us, we see that, and we're like, yeah, I believe that, but... I'm not a very righteous person, you know? Like, I don't think you want me praying for you, you know? I, I better pray for me for a little while. But here's what I want to tell you. Um, if you've ever put your faith in Jesus Christ, you'd call yourself a, a Christ follower, a Christian, then you are a righteous person. Because by the blood of Jesus Christ, God declares you righteous. And you may not always live like it. You may always feel like it. But because of Jesus, he looks at us and he sees righteousness. And your prayer is powerful and effective. And I'm begging you, would you pray for four weeks as much as possible, hopefully every day, for what God is doing in this church and what God wants to do in a new plant of this church. And we just want to beg God to be with us and to speak to us and to use us as he sees fit. Please join us in this. As we end today, I want to pray. I want, I want to invite you to stand so we can pray before we leave. And we're going to do something a little bit different. And uh, here's what I want. I, I want to kind of just practice what we read. We want to pray like the Acts Church. We want to pray bold prayers, and we want to pray for boldness. And I don't want to just pray for you or lead you to pray for yourself. I want, like the early church did, to pray for one another. So here's what I want you to do. Move if you have to, but uh, uh, get close to somebody. Just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you and the other hand on the, uh, on the shoulder of the person on the other side of you, okay? And so if you need to move, and I, you might be sitting by your best friend or your spouse, or you might be sitting by a perfect stranger. I have no idea, okay? So um, I just helped you make a new friend maybe. I don't know. So but what I want, I'm just going to give you like 30 seconds or so to pray for the person on your left and then pray for the person on your right. And I want you, I want us to pray like we learned from the Acts Church, that you would pray that God would inspire this person through the Holy Spirit to live and speak for the name of Jesus with great boldness. And we believe that God honors this prayer. And you can be excited that two people are praying for you. Uh, and you get to pray. If you're on the end of any of the rows, then you're, uh, when it comes to that side, you're, you get a wild card. You can pick whoever you want. Pick somebody and pray for them, okay? So I just want to just give us a moment, and we'll start with praying for the person on your left, okay?
And now we're going to switch. And it's totally okay if you just use the exact same prayer. God doesn't mind. But pray for the other person that, pray for that God would speak to them and use them and give them boldness that as we go, he would use us as part of his mission. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, that Luke recorded this prayer that we can learn it, that we can steal it and use it as our own because we see that you love this prayer. This prayer honors you and your mission that you invited us to be part of. So God, as we leave today, as we go this week, would you enable us to speak your word with great boldness? The way we live, the way we speak, the way we love people, treat each other, treat others, that people would notice that you are the one true God, that they desperately need a Savior and that you are the answer. God, use us in awesome ways. I can't wait to see more testimonies, more videos of people who come to find freedom and forgiveness in Jesus Christ and that you want to use each of us to do that. So inspire us and empower us through your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, as you go, don't forget to take your shower buddy off the door on your way out. We'll see you next week.